Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus and transform Hoxton. Wow, good morning, everybody. And good morning to those that are joining us online. I don't know about you, but during that worship, I really felt like I could feel the Spirit of God here with us. And um, I just felt very grateful, actually, that we live in a country where we can speak out the name of Jesus and read the Word of God in public without fear of being carted off, arrested, put into prison, or even losing our lives. And um, I don't know, somebody over here behind me was singing and uh, blessed me so much because I could just hear them singing, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. And I think as we look at this subject today, it's really important to keep hold of that idea that we are no longer slaves to fear, but we are children of God. We've been looking at a teaching series, The Words and the Works of Jesus, and Rachel introduced it for us by talking about the cost of being a disciple. And then Graham came last week and was talking to us about Jesus and money. And this week... I will be talking to us about Jesus and health. And as I was preparing, I was so aware of where we stand at the moment in history. So we are still in the middle of a global pandemic. That's kind of, it's been going on for almost two years. And I'm aware that lots of us in the building will either have experienced uh, problems with our health or know somebody who has, will have experienced extreme anxiety or know somebody who has and is continuing to feel that way. And there will be people here who have lost people or know somebody who has lost people. So I don't underestimate that a 20-minute talk is going to give us all the answers, but I really hope, I pray that um, the principles that we pull out of Scripture today give us a starting point for moving on and for really taking hold of what we believe the Bible says. So I'm aware that we all come today with our own feelings. And so the first thing I want to do is to pray for us. And acknowledge that. It's really important to acknowledge where we are. Lord God, we just pray for ourselves, for those of us that um, are experiencing anxiety, health issues, um, whether those are physical or emotional, 
or mental health issues. At the beginning of this talk, we offer those things to you and say, Father, would you speak to us in uh, the words that I speak today? May it be all about you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I just want to put into context where we are in Luke. So we're in Luke chapter five. So Jesus is right at the beginning of his ministry. So he's, um, he's been baptized by John. He went out into the desert where he was tempted by the enemy. Come back full of the Holy Spirit He'd gone to the synagogue in Nazareth and caused a massive fuss there by reading um, a messianic scripture and then basically saying to people, I'm here. This scripture that you've uh, just heard, well, I'm here. And he upset the scribes and the Pharisees and um, the religious leaders because he was kind of suggesting that he was God. And even right at the beginning of his ministry, they tried to take him to a local cliff and throw him over. So it, it wasn't as if um, he's had a really quiet start to his ministry. He'd gone, um, he'd gone around preaching and healing the sick And then he'd come back to his base, which was Capernaum. If you bear in mind that he hadn't even called the disciples yet. That happens in Luke 6. So he was on his own declaring the kingdom of God, healing people. People didn't know him. And here we are. He's come back to Capernaum and he's in a small house. But because he has been healing the sick and speaking with authority about the kingdom of God, the place is teeming with people that want to see him and uh, speak to him. They want him to pray for them, to heal them. And there's no room for these four friends to get their um, their friend on a mat through the front door. They just can't get anywhere near. So, as uh, Ali beautifully read for us, um, they carry him upstairs. And they dig out, basically, they dig a hole in the roof. They dig a hole in the roof and they lower him down. I've often wondered, I wonder how, did they... Did they dig such a big hole that they lowered him down hanging onto the four corners? Did they lower him down like from a, with a rope feet first? I, these questions, I'm sure, um, probably occurred to you if they've occurred to me as well. You think, how did, how did they actually do that? And so he's, you can imagine, can't you as well, that Jesus is preaching speaking and then like bits of the roof start to fall in you know and you like when you're talking things can distract you I don't think I've ever talked anywhere where bits of the roof started to fall down 
And so he was lowered down and was lying on his mat in front of them. And so you would think that at that point, Jesus would reach out and heal him. But Jesus doesn't do that. The first thing Jesus says is, well, he sees the friends, incredible. And then he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't think anybody expected that. I don't think the man on the mat expected that. I don't think the friends expected that. The uh, scribes and Pharisees that were in the room absolutely would have gone uh, crazy in their heads because they knew that nobody apart from God could forgive sins. Nobody could forgive sins. In fact, they had this like really intricate series of sacrifices and festivals and you could only do certain things at certain times. You had to make a sacrifice first. And yet this man before them had just said to another man, your sins are forgiven. Basically, Jesus again, right at the beginning of his ministry, was declaring his divinity. He was basically saying, I am God because I'm forgiving sins. And that brings us to our first point, which is that Jesus is concerned first and foremost about our spiritual health. He is concerned about our relationship with him. What does our relationship with him look like? Do we have one? Have we actually asked God to forgive our sins and are living in relationship with him? Because that was what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to reconcile us to God. And um, we see this in the teaching of Paul. So I'm going to read this a couple of times through uh, my talk today. It's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. And it says, all this is from God. And when they talk, talk about all this, they, um, Paul has just talked about what it's like to be in Christ. All the incredible things that we have, blessings that we have being in Christ. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's what Jesus came to do. We are designed to have a relationship with God, not just a a one-time sort of asking Jesus to forgive us, becoming a Christian, we are, it's intended that we have an ongoing dynamic relationship with God, where God is speaking into our everyday life. 
And if you have never had the opportunity to respond to God and ask God to forgive you of the things in your life which are separating you from him, and we're going to do that at the end as well. So that's the first point, is that Jesus is concerned about our spiritual life because actually everything else, everything else from there makes sense. I can remember, um, I'm from a big Welsh family. I actually don't have any brothers and sisters, um, but I have lots of cousins, lots and lots of cousins. And uh, I remember talking to my cousin about faith. He's not a Christian. And uh, I, was, I was trying to explain to him, I said, you know, when you become a Christian, when you're putting God first, everything else makes sense because you're not doing life on your own anymore. And he found it really difficult. And some of you might relate to this because I can remember him, so he was married, had three children. I remember him saying to me, I don't want to put anybody else first except my family. And somehow I think he felt disloyal because he was, because um, your family is supposed to come first. He couldn't understand. And no matter how much I explained to him, that actually putting God first made the difference in every other area of life. You're able to pray for your children. You're able to pray for your wife. You're able to pray for your job. You're able to pray for your health. But you just couldn't get, get hold of that. So that's the first point, is that Jesus is concerned about our spiritual life because everything else emanates from that. In fact, he said, didn't he? We read in the book of John where he says, I, he was talking about being the good shepherd, cares for his sheep. And he says, I have come that they might have life and life in all its fullness. So when we're talking about Jesus and health, he doesn't leave us alone in the things which we find challenging. And of course, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders really struggled with the fact that he was saying that he was God. And sometimes we, there are certain stories that like Jonah and the whale or Moses crossing um, the Red Sea, that it, it's, we are almost in our minds, we are so familiar with them that they seem to lose their meaning. And I think this is one of them. When I was looking up, like researching for the talk and I was looking up Luke 5 and um, the first like 10 hits that I got was, was like cartoons for the children because we concentrate on, on like four friends or however many friends bringing the man to Jesus and digging a hole in the roof. Because that's like an incredible bit of the story. We talk to the children about being a good friend. But the truth is, that is what we see in this scripture. We see 
four friends, or it doesn't tell us exactly how many, we see friends absolutely determined to bring their friend to Jesus. Jesus has been healing people. He's paralysed. This is their opportunity. And when they get there, uh, it's so full, they can't get in through the front door. In fact, they probably couldn't get anywhere near the house. So at that point, they could have given up, gone, you know, we tried. We, we tried to take you to Jesus. We just couldn't get anywhere near. So you can imagine, I can imagine stood around the mat going, what are we going to do? Like we can't, you know, can, should we try and just shove our way through? And then seeing the stairs. So um, buildings in, uh, at that time often were like one story with stairs up the side and uh, Jewish families would use the, t- the roof as a bit like we use a deck in a garden, if we've got a garden for like, they would entertain visitors there, they would um, eat up there sometimes, so they think, well, let's take him up. So this, they needed to be really determined to get their friend up on the roof. And it is not like... <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. It's not like we, we these days, we would have safety barriers and um, warning signs. This was, this was a group of friends trying to get a man on a mat up the side of a house on stairs that probably didn't have a, a safety rail. They were really determined to bring their friend to Jesus. So the question that I want to ask us is how determined are we to bring our friends to Jesus? And what does that look like? What does that look like for us? Do we give up? I mean, I've prayed for them for a bit. Like There seems to be no change. I've invited them to Alpha or I invited them to beer and carols and they came once but nothing happened. How determined are we to bring our friends to Jesus? And we can bring them in two ways. I think it's so important to pray for the people in our lives that they would come to to know God. They would come to know God in the way that we've just talked about, to be reconciled with him where every other bit of their their lives makes sense. But nothing happened, so we we kind of give up. I was with a friend um, once. We We were actually, we'd just been at the funeral of a friend of ours who had died in his mid-20s. I was, um, he was driving home actually and uh, we had to stop the car because my friend was like weeping. I said, you know, I know this is so sad but what is going on? Tell me what's going on. And he just, so we sat in the car, he said, I promised Chris 
that I would pray for him every day. And somehow in his mind, um, he had like he had just he just felt blame that he he hadn't done that. Now God sees um, God sees our hearts, and I was able just to help him to find some comfort in that. I said God saw your heart towards him. We did pray for Chris. Sometimes we do give up too early. And sometimes we're a bit embarrassed about inviting our friends to things. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you just think, oh, you know, the church and Jesus hasn't got a very good reputation out there. They'll think I'm a bit weird. You know, they, you know I know we talk about God, but... They might just, you know, I, I might, you know, mumble. Do you want to come to Alpha? Um, and hope that they kind of understood that. But if we go back to that scripture, it says, so we've already said, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, the ministry of reconciliation. This story shows so clearly that scripture. We see God forgiving a man of his sins and then we see um, the friends who have brought him to Jesus. This story is incredible because actually Jesus is, is showing the um, scribes and the Pharisees that not only is he divine, so he said, I can forgive sins because I have, but to show you that it is true that I am God, I am going to heal him. So he does both. Our God is able to forgive us the things in our lives which stop us from relating to him. And he is able, our God is able to heal. And having said that, I am aware, this is my, so my first point was that Jesus is concerned about our spiritual health. My second point is that we are not supposed to do life alone. We can, as friends, bring our friends to Jesus, whether they're out in the world or here at church. There are times when we can't bring ourselves to Jesus. We are struggling so much. And that's what I love about the church. In the church, we have old people, young people, people from different nations and cultures, men and women, children, all ages. And we're intended to do life together. When I am struggling and can't bring myself to Jesus, then I hope that Rachel will bring me to Jesus.
through prayer, or through bringing me. Come on, Louise. I know you're having a rough time. Let's pray together. Let me walk with you through what you're going through. We really need to learn the art again because lots of us may need professional help. I'm not saying that we, that, uh, we shouldn't do that. But we need to learn again the art in church of walking with people through the things that they struggle with. And then finally, what happens if the healing that we've prayed for doesn't happen? What happens then? It says we need to be real about that. I'm going to, um, and I feel like I can speak about this because I've experienced this. So I was... 21, I had finished university in Bristol and I was working for a Christian organisation there in Bristol. My dad went in for a routine operation. I won't tell you what the operation was. I don't want to freak people out that, you know, might have to go and have this operation. But he had complications from the operation and got really, really sick. So I received a phone call in in Bristol to say, you need to come home because your dad is really sick and um, we don't think he's going to make it through the night. I'm an only child, so I don't have any brothers and sisters and I was really close to my father. So I rushed home and... um, He made it through that night, was praying, Lord, just would you just help him? I'd been a Christian about four years, became a Christian when I was 17, because some friends invited me to a barbecue, um, had brought me to Jesus. So he improved, he was still incredibly ill. They transferred him to Cardiff and... uh, Then over the next probably eight weeks, he improved. He needed dialysis when his kidneys stopped working, but he'd improved. I went back to Bristol, was working as a youth worker and a community worker. And and then I got a phone call to say that he'd had a massive heart attack and that I needed to get to Cardiff, the hospital, as soon as possible. So when I arrived there, again praying, you know, Lord, you, I know you can heal. If you want to, you can heal. And they, they said to my mum and, and me, um, we, we think actually that there's, we can see there's no brain activity. And we are going to turn the life support off. So thankfully didn't give us the decision. And um, my mum and I were there as he died together. Incredibly painful. I mean, I'm like in my early 50s now. That was when I was 21 and I still remember every single detail. 
not to be over-emotional, but I remember carrying his few possessions, they don't let you keep much stuff at hospital, in a carrier bag out of the hospital with my mum that day. But feeling God's presence. The worst thing that I could have uh, wanted to happen had just happened. But, but God was there. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the kind of thing that causes people to fall away in their faith. 21 years old, I can remember as we walked out thinking, this is where lots of people go, right, that's it. I didn't get what I wanted. And so I am, I am out of here. And just feeling God's presence and knowing that actually it, it was possibly the worst thing that could have happened to me at that point. And yet God was there holding me, helping me to process it, helping me to help my mum. And it was a really rough time and I miss him to this day. And all of the things that you miss. Wasn't there when I got married, never met my children. All the things which we uh, still feel we're in deficit when we experience that kind of loss. But Jesus is in that. But it is our choice if we let that pull us away from God. It is our choice. And so I would say, and for a few years actually after that, when people ask me to pray for them, I love to pray for people. I love praying for people. But when people ask me to pray for them for healing, I would kind of um, merge into the background, kind of into the wallpaper. Hope nobody... Because I just... I really struggle with that. I really struggle to pray for people for healing. That significantly affected... Um, my ability to believe for other people that. But the truth is God can do it. And over, over the years, God kind of gave me a pretty decent talking to actually and said, it's not about you. It's not about your faith. It's about what I can do. And now I take every opportunity to pray for people for healing. If you want healing, I will pray for you for healing because I believe that God can do it. And if he doesn't do it, well, we still trust him anyway. It's like the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego principle, isn't it? When they were put into um, the furnace because they wouldn't bow down to an idol. And they, they uttered those words, which I love. I love the book of Daniel. Where it says, my God can save me, but even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down. And that is almost like a contending spirit that we have to choose to have. That, okay, I know God is healing and can heal, but if it doesn't come straight away, I am not going to fall away because I didn't get what I wanted.
And so those, that's kind of, I just wanted to be really clear about that, that I'm not talking about something that I have not experienced. And it is really painful when things just don't go the way that we expect that they should or want them to. And so those three points, those principles, like I said, a 20-minute talk is not going to, like, it's not going to revolutionise our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health. However, the principles that we find in the Word of God help us on that journey, that He is God, that He is concerned about us, our spiritual standing with him. That we are the church, that we bring each other to Jesus, we pray for each other, and we can speak into the lives of those around us just by being kind and being available to pray for people and to bring people. And that when things don't go the way that we want them to, we're going to press into God even more rather than kind of walk away slightly offended because we didn't get what we wanted. And today we are going to have the opportunity, and I'm so thrilled about this, that we are going to anoint Offer, offer the opportunity for anointing, for healing. So whether that's um, spiritual healing where you, f- you feel broken by the things in your life. Sometimes we know that God's forgiven us, but we can't forgive ourselves. So whether you want to uh, be anointed for that, to be able to forgive yourself, or for um, anxiety or mental health issues. You want, we want God to just bless and help each other on that journey. Or physical issues. As we finish though, I, really, I felt really um, that we should do this. If there is anybody and you know that you have never really given your life over to God properly, then I want to pray for you and for us. I'm not going to ask you to like put your hand up or come to the front, but I will ask you at the end, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to pray that prayer and if you want to have a whole relationship with the God that loves you, then come and find me at the end if you pray that prayer. And then I'm going to hand over to Rachel. Let's just come to God in prayer. Father, I thank you that you care about every part of our lives. But that our lives only really make sense when we're in relationship with you. And so, Father, we come again before you. We confess that we have done things which have separated us from you. And we are sorry for that. We offer those things to you and we ask you 
to come into our lives, to reconcile us to you through your Holy Spirit and help us to live the kind of lives that shine forth for you, Lord, as ambassadors. Help, help us to live lives that glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.